Hello, beautiful friends. Welcome to the Goddess Activation Podcast, where we dive deep into all things divine feminine energy, pleasure, healing, sensuality, and really living connected with our bodies. I'm your host, Nikita Anand, spiritual embodiment coach and Kundalini and Tantra facilitator. And if you're ready to remember, reclaim, and activate the ancient wisdom that has always been within your body, stay tuned. Hello, my love. Welcome back to the Goddess Activation Podcast. It's an honor to have you with us today. I am sharing about my sacred journey through Egypt. So if you follow me on Instagram, you might have seen that in the beginning of November, the first two weeks, I was traveling through Egypt on a sacred, sacred journey. And today I'm going to share a little bit more about that, what we were doing, what I was doing, my lessons, learnings, um, just my journey. And if you're curious about Egypt, if you've ever wanted to go or if you're just curious about the journey and what came through me, then this episode is for you. So going to Egypt has been one of my top three dreams since 2015, so over seven years now. And the other two dreams were starting my own business and living at the beach, which two of three we have done. I'm so grateful um, that the third one is happening next year. But coming back to the topic, Egypt has been one of my biggest dreams since I started my personal development and spiritual journey in 2015, I fell in love with Egypt and felt called to Egypt instantly. And more than that, I felt like Egypt felt like home since the beginning. Whenever I would see pictures, videos, documentaries, read books about it, if whenever I would just meditate with that energy with the energy of the sacred land, of the temples, of the pyramids, of the goddesses and gods, which are called Neteru, I just felt like my whole, even now I'm getting goosebumps over my whole body because my whole body feels like home. It feels like this is home. And I have worked with goddess Isis and goddess Hathor in so many beautiful ceremonies like they have come to me in meditations, in, in, in breathwork, in movement ceremonies that I do with myself and that I also lead with my clients and in the retreats. God thought has come to me and like I've worked with these goddesses and gods so intimately for such a long time and I've gone so deeply into research of the mystical, the sacred, the ancient um, side of ancient Egypt, right? Like when I talk about Egypt and when I talk about my relationship with Egypt, I don't mean the typical official um, archaeology but I don't know how to pronounce that word, um, archaeology and like science world and the church's view of Egypt, right? So when I talk about Egypt, I mean the mystical, the the ancient world and the, the actually scientific evidence that most of these temples are much, much older than, than the typical official um, government says they are. And there's a lot of different reasons why, but my belief is one of the big ones is if we would confirm that those temples and these ancient sites are much, much older. I'm talking about 8,000, 10,000, 15,000, the Sphinx even 20,000 years old. Um, if we would actually confirm that, then the typical story of the Bible would have to be rewritten and about the typical story of of humans would have to be rewritten 
and they would have to change the narrative that humans are only 5,000 and 7,000 years old, right? And so there's so much I could talk about this, but there's a, a great person called Graham Hancock and so many others. Google his name, read his books, re- watch um, his Netflix and Gaia um, TV shows. He just um, probably published one on Netflix called Ancient Civilizations. Just watch it, create your own opinion about it. Um, but for me, I've I went so deep into research about watching old documentaries, about reading books, ordering books that were literally not on Amazon or like on official book sites, but like I found through like secret other books that I spent like much too much, way too much money on because these books have become so rare, but like I am so in <laughs> in in this in this world and I want to know even more and feel into that so I've gone really deep into this research and I would say the heights of my research was 2019 even 2020 maybe even a little bit 2020-21 but in the past year I haven't gone so deep into all of that so I felt like I had forgotten some of the quote-unquote facts that I had learned about these ancient sites but I knew that it wasn't about the science or about the facts right it was about the energy so going to Egypt working with the land being in the sacred land working with the energy working with the gods and goddesses has been one of my biggest dreams since 2015 and my good friend Chloe was in my retreat in July photographing and capturing the sacred retreat and I shared with her that if she ever hears from someone or from a friend uh, or she goes to Egypt please let me know I would love to join and a few weeks later she messaged me with the opportunity to join Egypt with a group of group of people who are writers and philosophers and very much in the similar spiritual um, personal development world like I am and they had one last spot and I grabbed it immediately like she didn't even name the price I was like I'm in just like yes 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 um and then our journey was basically seven days yeah Wednesday to Wednesday on a beautiful boat called Myth Flower of Life it's they have a lot of beautiful like boat tours that go down the Nile and I will share the company that we went with I highly highly recommend it there's a lot of different tours um, that go that where you sleep on a boat and go up and down the Nile. And we went with a company called Amazing Global Travel. And I'm sharing this because it was such a perfect, insanely sacred trip. Like there's almost nothing that could have been better. And when I say almost nothing, these are like small details. It was such a sacred trip and I highly, highly, highly recommend if you feel called to go to Egypt, do one of these boat trips. And I highly recommend going with Amazing Global Travel and I will have their website and their contacts linked in the show notes or you can just DM me. But we've heard about a lot of other groups and we saw a lot of other groups and the way that the boat was just perfect the food was incredible and more than that sleeping on the niles we were on this boat for seven days and we were sleeping on this boat everyone had their own room and sleeping on the nile like literally on the nile being on the boat on the on the nile every day for seven days 
it was it felt so soft and cleansing and the energy on the Nile I just I don't even have words about this experience like I don't know how I'm gonna create a whole podcast episode about Egypt because so much of it is just like beyond words like so magical like if you would see me and my whole body is so excited talking about this um but sleeping on the Nile just activated something really deep within me and it felt like consciously and subconsciously it was shifting and alchemizing everything within my body like any emotions or anything that came up everything felt like it was moving through my body much much quicker like the lessons, the learnings, the emotions, the, the movement, the everything was just moving through my body so smoothly because it was amplified by the water underneath me and by the water of the Nile, the sacred Nile, the, the river that had been blessing the sacred land of Egypt for we don't even know how many thousands of years, right? And we know water is powerful, right? I mean, our whole body is 70% of water. If there are some books, um, I don't remember their names, but if you just add keywords with like water, pyramid, water underneath pyramid, there's those books and even scientifically proven methodology, how the water underneath the pyramids amplifies the energy and the power within the pyramid. So there's underground water channels underneath the Giza plateau with which you can create electrical currents. So like that is actually a fact. And there's those ideas and theories. What if the pyramids were actually more so built to create um, like a power plant as opposed to just the death and rebirth and the mummifying rituals, right? Like there's just so many theories. That's what I love about ancient Egypt so much. Um, but so sleeping on the Nile, I felt like I was in a different dimension and all of us felt that. So it was, I think, a group of eight people, including, no, no, nine, nine, nine people. It was a group of nine people and all of us felt the same. And that energy on the Nile, it just did something for us. It was, I highly recommend you experience that. It was wow. I'm going to just move day by day to kind of have a little bit of a structure because otherwise my mind will just be talking for 10 hours about Egypt. So on the second full day, we just spent a whole day on the boat and cruising down the Nile and going from Luxor to Aswan and in Aswan is the island of Philae. Maybe I pronounced some things wrong. I'm sorry. Um, and that is the temple of goddess Isis. Now, now, if you know, you know that I am so deeply connected with goddess Isis and goddess Hathor. And goddess Isis is the mother goddess of all and she's the goddess of 10,000 names right she's the goddess of transformation of magic of alchemy of love of of everything and goddess Hathor is the goddess of fertility sensuality and sexuality and 
when I started diving into this work seven years ago, I felt more so called by goddess Isis. And I just felt like she took me in and she guided me a lot in my journey of life. And after a while, I felt like I was ready for the next initiation, which then was goddess Hathor, right? Like it felt like I was I was guided from this all-encompassing goddess Isis and all the topics of transformation and magic and alchemy into more a into more specifics of goddess Hathor, right? Sensuality, sexuality, body, pleasure, um, divine feminine embodiment. So on the third day, we went to the temple of Isis in the Philae Island. And I won't be sharing everything, everything, because it is really, really sacred for me. And I, there's not even words to describe everything, but I am sharing the temples that I recommend going to the most. And so the thing is, you are not allowed to meditate or pray in the temples, which doesn't make sense because what is a temple built for? It's literally built for meditation and prayer. But that's just what the government has stated as law actually that's also something that i wanted to say is as soon as science reaches new findings the government often blocks the research in ancient egypt so there's like heavily a sense of what is being hidden or not released to the public like what is so powerful that the government doesn't want to the public to know right that's just like an open question so you're not allowed to meditate and pray in the temples and why i wanted to go to egypt was literally to meditate and pray there and work with the energy and say thank you and um, activate deeper codes within my body and i've had so many past life remembrances in egypt in the past life regression um therapy but also in my own meditations in my own breathwork practices in my own plant medicine journeys like I remember so much I know it's real for me now if you believe in past lives or not that's different for everyone but for me I just know it and when I walked into the temple of goddess Isis I just felt like it felt like home it felt like I had arrived back home and like wow this is real and I'm here and wow 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 so we had an Egyptologist with us on the boat, but he he was great. But he was um, he was just sharing like the things that he had memorized from when he did his studies. And I don't care um, that physical science says that the pyramids are only four thousand years old. I know for myself that they are much older than that. And so I just didn't. I didn't join them when he was walking through the temple and sharing the things. I was just roaming off by myself and working with the energy and going to the to the to the sides and the the corners and the chambers inside of all the different temples that called me. And because you're not allowed to really meditate and pray there, what I did was just not too loud, but kind of like a medium voice chanting Om in the chambers which is really really powerful i did meditations before going to the temple so in the boat in my room i did meditations and like really opened my channel and and consciously caught um kundalini energy moving up and down my spine and like opened my spine and my chakras to receive the wisdom and the energy that i'm meant to receive while visiting those different temples and what I also did is I walked through the temples barefoot because your hands and your feet receive so much energy. So um, 
sometimes I did sit down and when a guard came to me and told me I'm not allowed to do that I just stood up said sorry and walked away and then found a different place to do it again um the thing is there was one um one person in the group who kept on pushing the limits of the guards. So when the guards told her to not sit down and not pray, she would just not listen to him and ignore him and just keep on meditating. And then at one point, uh, one day later than the ISIS temple, like there was like this whole thing where everyone got angry. So the thing is, you're not allowed to do that. And you kind of have to figure out how to play by their game by their rules and like kind of also play their rules so like you can do walking meditations you can do walking prayer um after two days after the isis temple we went into the other temples which were a bit more touristy we were really lucky that the first two temples were kind of empty it was almost only us there but those temples that were so big and where there were hundreds if not even thousands of tourists I just put on my sunglasses and my headphones and was listening to sacred um, sacred music and oftentimes also like ancient Egyptian music. And like that helped me to like not get thrown off by the energy of all those tourists and really stay in my own energy and really be like an open channel with the temple and receive that which was in alignment with me and not get distracted by other tourists and um, the guards there and actually the thing is even though it is more fun to be by yourself in the temples if you do want to do these sacred like meditations prayers and work with the energy it's actually better if there's a lot of people because the guards then get distracted by the other people and are more so focused on the on the crowd than just you as a single person so back to the isis temple i was doing my thing mostly standing up chanting working with the energy doing all of that it was beyond magical um i i don't think i even have much more to say to every temple than just like it was so freaking powerful and like the shifts that happened that is so beyond words and there was a smaller smaller temple on the side of goddess hather and that felt like so much like coming home as well it felt like wow and I when I was at the temple of Isis it it, it is on an island and it just looks so beautiful like of course the temple of the divine feminine goddess Isis herself of course her temple is on an island and surrounded by water and it looks like you're in a another dimension in another dream world like of course and we were there at sunset so we had this powerful magical sunset when we were leaving and the stones like next to the island where the temple was on there were also like some smaller islands and and when I say island I mean like really small island but it really reminded me of the Seychelles like I don't know why but the energy the beauty and the stones itself reminded me of the Seychelles. And when we were driving back back to the entry point, um, so you had to go to the temple with a boat, um, a different boat than the one that we were sleeping on. And then when we went back to the entry of the temple and we drove past the other islands, there were those stones that just you could see different faces and beings in those stones. So again, maybe that was man-made place there. Maybe it was from an ancient civilization. Maybe that is just nature doing her thing, right? So with this journey through Egypt, it's 
not about what is real and why is that happening and what is the scientific reason. It's more a mystical journey, right? And something that you do for yourself and something that the spirit calls you to when you are ready and when the time is right for you at that moment. That is my belief. The next day we went to a masculine temple where my whole body and my nervous system did not feel safe at all. It felt like the energy of war and that was my perception. The others were not feeling it. They were they were also not like feeling the feminine energy there because obviously it was a masculine temple. But for my body, it literally didn't feel safe since the beginning. My whole nervous system was like, get me out of here. And I soon realized, okay, this is where some past life trauma happened for me. And that I was led to be in that temple to clear that ancestral, that past life trauma and alchemize it, alchemize it into power, change it, right? So again, this is my belief. Not everyone will agree with me. I'm sharing my opinion, my experience from my point of view. But I knew in that moment that is why this temple called me to be there, even though my whole body didn't like it. And that's also where this whole thing happened, where that person was pushing the limits with the guards and then like this little <laughs> fight happened. Um, I At that moment, I was not there. I had found somewhere outside of the temple itself like not in the center but more on like a little bit on the outside I had found some big stones with hieroglyphs on them that were facing me to the sun and were kind of big enough for me to sit down in front of the stone so that from the backside, from where the temple was the guards wouldn't see me and so I sat down and I started shaking my body. I started releasing, doing alchemy work, doing somatic work and regulating my nervous system and clearing that old energy of the past life trauma from my body, from my cells, from my nervous system. And it felt, and like, yes, I had to, like every now and then I had to look back and just like make sure I was not being too loud and that no one was passing me. But that felt so powerful. That was like, that was where it felt like, okay, there's not just for me to receive the beautiful codes from Egypt, but also for me to clear old past life trauma. The next day we went to the temple of Horus, which is the child of goddess Isis and her husband, god Osiris. And that was the first big temple where there were a lot of tourists. And I was shocked because we hadn't seen that yet. And I was feeling like my body, okay... I don't necessarily want to be with so many people here. And I just found my own sneaky ways. And I, there were like, it was a huge complex. And in that there were a lot of different chambers. And I found some where there were very few people in. And I started being there, being barefoot again, chanting Om in a, in the same voice, in the same tone that I'm talking right now. And slowly the people started to go away and, I was doing that for quite a while and also that is where I put my sunglasses on often when um, I was doing that because sometimes I was standing still and if I was standing still and closing my eyes the guards could see that but if I had my sunglasses on maybe I was just looking at the things. Um, so I was chanting on for quite some time and no one I, I could feel that people were looking inside but they didn't 
want to join me inside the chamber because they were like this girl is just doing something <laughs> um and which i loved because i got to be in there for by myself and chant om for quite some time and it was really powerful and like really activating my body and my whole body was was vibrating and opening up and i could feel the kundalini energy moving up and down my spine and receiving information receiving the codes receiving wisdom and clearing old parts old energetic blocks old things within my body which no longer were serving me i was doing that for quite some while and at some point i heard other people chanting om quite loud in a different chamber i was like holy shit i love you <laughs> but i didn't see them yet so i went um to find their chamber and joined them and another guy joined us as well and we were their their ohms were quite loud quite loud and um grounding like um how can i say this like a heavy tone i felt like mine was more high-pitched and there was more theirs was more um the name doesn't come to my mind more grounding more deep yes their tones were was deeper and it just felt so good for me to receive their deep tones and they shared afterwards with me that they loved how i was sharing more higher tones right so like it and these were people I didn't know. These weren't people from my group. These were people from a different group. And that just shows that like we were led to be in that chamber all together for a reason and share that moment together. And it was powerful. And the guard there was really nice. At some point he, he was like, okay, now you need to stop because people are wondering. And then he showed us a different um, place inside um that huge complex and where we got to make an offering to Horus and and then one thing led to another and I went to a, an area of the goddess Nut. Goddess Nut is the sky goddess and she and her husband, god Geb, are the mother and father of goddess Isis, her sister Nephthys, her brother Osiris, and their brother Set. So if you know anything, so if you've dove into any of these mysteries, yes, Isis and Osiris are brothers, but they're also together, and Nephthys and Set are also brothers and sisters, but they're also married. Um, and Set was really jealous of Osiris, and he killed him twice. The second time is when he cut Osiris into 14 pieces, and Isis was really sad, crying, everything, and looked went on a hunt to find Osiris again and bring him back to life. And then Isis went to find all the missing pieces of Osiris and bring him back to life with sex magic and the phallus, so the penis, was missing. And she then performed sex magic with um, an, an energetic phallus. And she was able to have that sex magic with Osiris and get pregnant with their son Horus. And that is the temple that we are in. Um in this story and so that area was the temple of goddess Nut, the mother of osiris and isis the grandmother of horus so horus had an area for his grandmother and that is which that is the part which again felt super feminine that was the feminine the divine feminine part of that um, that big complex and that is where I put my sunglasses on stood in the corner I had a very long dress on so you, you couldn't see that I was barefoot and 
I had placed my bag beside me and like literally one tour after the other came in and the tour guide shared like all the things, all the facts about that area of the temple. And like it was literally 20 people coming in and out every few minutes and like it was never ending, but it didn't bother me because I had my sunglasses on. Whenever the new group came in, I like just looked around like so they thought I was just like looking around. And as soon as the person started talking, which the tour guides were talking in all the different languages, I just meditated and worked with the energy. And that is like some of the ways that you can work with the energy and um, still do sacred meditation prayers. And another thing that we the second half of our tour did was just pay the guards and basically just pay them and then they let you do your thing and sometimes when you paid them they showed you secret hidden parts of the temples that which they had locked away or were like closed with a barrier and you just have to pay them and then you get to go to different areas but it doesn't work with every card you will have to feel it and I also strongly believe if you are carrying that energy and if you're there for a mission of you know, healing work. I feel like the right cards will come to you and yeah, you will get to do your sacred work. Now I will talk about four of my big highlights. Um, one of them was the Hatshepsut temple. To be honest, I didn't know about Hatshepsut. She was a queen and her temple is the biggest temple ever built for a female for a female that was alive and lived as a human, which is crazy to me because none of the, no one was sharing about the temple like that. One of my friends who was on this tour, he Googled um, that and through Google found out that it was in fact the biggest temple ever built for a female, but like the tour guides weren't sharing about the temple like that. And we were like, if you share about the temple, like with this opening sentence, like, that is a completely different way of people looking at the temple, right? Like that is makes you honor the temple even more. And there, again, it was beautiful. There was really soft, powerful, divine feminine energy. And um, that's where the tipping guards to get into secret places started. <laughs> um, and some of us, so the group always split up. Again, I was never with the whole group with the Egyptologist who was sharing the scientific facts. I was always roaming off by myself and some others joined me sometimes and sometimes didn't. And most of the time we would just cross each other at some point somewhere in the temple and then would leave again by ourselves. And we got to tip the guards and go to secret places and touch secret places and like really be there for a moment. And that was really powerful and very energetically charged. Like tears were coming up within my body just of like, wow, just of just of the like the sacred energy, the charge was so deep and so sacred that it just brought me to tears. And that happened at a lot of the different temples. I feel like the divine feminine temples, something that was teaching me even more was some of the wisdom that some of the codes that I received from the divine feminine temples was really like the power the deep energetic power the sacredness the ancient energy of the power of the feminine of the divine feminine and I mean I do this work I love this work I I live and breathe 
the divine feminine embodiment work and it just brought me even deeper into the embodiment and remembrance of how important this work is and how ancient it goes and more so a personal code for me was the softness with the immense power. Like these temples were beyond powerful. Like you cannot even express it enough through words. But the power that they held, they were still so soft, right? Like power doesn't have to be masculine. Power doesn't have to be forceful and pushing. And, and you know, like power can be feminine and soft and fucking life-changing. That is like one of the codes that came to me over and over again in different, multiple different feminine temples. And then on the lunar eclipse on the 8th of November, which the height of the lunar eclipse was between 12.30 and 1 p.m. Egyptian time. And that was when we were at the Valley of the Kings. That is basically where multiple different tombs of different kings are stored. But I personally didn't care about tombs. I wanted to see temples and pyramids. And I feel called to keep this beautiful journey and this powerful ritual for myself. But Basically, we were able to do a really powerful ritual, Chloe and me together, and then at some point just me by myself. And it was a profound, profound day. And honoring spirit and being in such a deep ceremony with yourself and with spirit is what I live for, is what I, why I created my business is why I work with women all around the world in loving themselves, trusting themselves and connecting with their bodies, with their pleasure, with their divine feminine energy, with spirit more because it has changed my life. It is something that keeps on blowing my mind, even though I've been doing this for seven years, almost every single day. And it is one of my greatest joys in life to be able to do this sacred work, not just with myself, but also share it with my beautiful clients and in my retreat. My whole heart and body and my whole heart and body is just and my my hands are shaking just out of gratitude for this sacred work that I get to do and for this beyond magical sacred journey that I got to be on and I'm so grateful to Egypt for to amazing global travel to myself to 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 life to my body to all that is I'm just like <gasps> my whole body is, is just shaking with gratitude and I cannot believe how beautiful life gets to be when we choose to show up for ourselves I left some things out but afterwards two women our favorite tour organizer, Code, and I decided to extend our journey after the boat trip. And the others went to Cairo, but I felt I really wanted to go to Dendera, the Temple of Hathor. And so we extended our trip to go by car. And the Temple of Hathor, the Temple of Osiris in Abydos, Hatshepsut, and the King's Chamber, and Isis, I know these are a lot, but these were my highlights. These were the deepest life-changing moments for me in this journey. So we drove to Dendera, the temple of Hathor, the goddess of fertility, sensuality, and sexuality. And already when we arrived, so basically when you arrive to a temple, you pay to get the ticket and then you cross the security check. And then there's usually like a, a room where either there's like a small museum or like a map or some toilets. And already the one of Hathor was the most 
pristine, beautiful one. Like the floor was a special crystal stone. Um, it was clean. It was it was soft. Like it was already the prettiest, most beautiful one. And we hadn't even entered the the temple itself yet. It was still outside, and just walking up to the temple, it was you could feel the ancient power of feminine energy, and. At some point in some temples, it felt like some of the hieroglyphs and some of the stories were repeating itself. Of course they weren't, but I, I, that's just how I perceived it. And here you could, you were reading and seeing a completely different person. Here you were seeing the sky goddess Newt being pregnant with an embryo inside of her on the roof, on the ceiling of some um, chambers, which were hidden and we paid the cards to get in. <laughs> Um, we also had our tour organizer with us who is Egyptian so that also helped um, like he could talk with them and we definitely got even more opportunities because we had someone who is Egyptian and knows the temples and knows the journey and knows the power of of the ancient mystical her story of Egypt it definitely helped having him with us because he would just joke around with the guards and pay them and we could do our thing Um but the story written in these in that temple of goddess Hathor was different because you were seeing the goddess Nut being pregnant. You were seeing the hieroglyphs of women breastfeeding children, of women being with children who were slowly growing up. You were seeing the journey of fertility, of sensuality depicted in hieroglyphs on the sacred walls, in the sacred chambers, in the sacred, sacred temple. So the temple is like, let's say, in the center of the complex. And then around, there's other um, beautiful sacred parts. And the outside, outside felt like it was a hammam, an ancient hammam. Like, like it felt like water had been there, like they were, there were ancient baths and um, water rituals there. And walking in, the ceilings were so fresh with the colors, like it was still there. The temple that we were allowed to enter with were mind-blowing, body-opening, heart-softening, just so divinely sacred. There was an area where, which was called the Temple of the Zodiac, which had 12 pillars for the 12 zodiac signs. There was a smaller part, um, like a smaller temple for Goddess Isis. If you remember in the beginning of the episode, I said like in the Goddess Isis temple, there was a smaller temple for Goddess Hathor. Here it was the opposite. Goddess Hathor also had a small temple in the Hatshepsut temple. So like you see, like there were dedicated, devoted chambers or smaller temples in the bigger temples. And that one was closed with a wooden door and like metallic cage like door and the guard gave me the key and allowed me to open the door which just felt so sacred and the energy to be honest I don't I'm not even so much against them closing off certain parts of the temples because you could feel the contained energy in those rooms that were closed off and whatever the reasons might be why they do that honoring them and then having the privilege and the opportunity the blessing to be able to see those hidden parts just feel felt even more sacred and we only have two temples left bear with me (laughs) 
in the evening we went to Abydos to the temple of Osiris which first when we arrived felt like it was the one that had the most missing pieces and you have to know there's a, in a lot of the temples people chipped parts of the wall of the hieroglyphs away and I asked um, Code our tour guide and now he's a friend of mine um, why that was and there's two big reasons. One, when the Roman Empire came, the Romans wanted to kind of like erase the past and the the old religion, so to say, because they wanted to bring in the Catholic um, religion. So they had a deal with the, the other temples that they would erase half the faces in half the temples of the hieroglyphs, which is really sad to see, to be honest. Like it really pains me. And they also like destroyed certain parts and you will notice that oftentimes the nose and the face is either like completely chipped away or just like they like, completely broken away or chipped parts of it away and the hands are oftentimes um, cut off as well and I once heard someone say that what if those parts are are broken off especially the hands by intention so that we wouldn't see the different hand mudras that the gods and goddesses were doing. I don't know, just a food for thought. And the second reason why a lot of things were chipped away is because people used to live in those temples. And I mean, the energy is alive. The energy is fucking powerful in those temples and around the temples. And the people who used to live there now, not dating too much far away, just like the past few hundreds of years, maybe thousand years, the people who, who used to live there got scared because I can imagine I mean that like the hieroglyphs felt alive you could feel the energy and I can totally imagine living there um at some point you 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 feel like those gods goddesses are like coming into you and that you might get scared of that I can totally imagine that so even though it is super sad a lot of the parts of the hieroglyphs are also chipped away uh, because the humans living there just got scared and at some places, it, it, it pains me to see how much of the old was destroyed or vandalized or broken off. Returning to the Temple of Osiris, Code said that that is usually the temple which the Egyptians and the tourists say they feel the most energy which I, when I slowly opened my body, and you have to imagine, we had... We had been on a week of temple after temple of like temple with powerful energies that at some point I felt like my body needed space to just like really integrate and not just integrate in the evening and then the next day another temple, but like just like more space to integrate. So I could feel how my body needed some extra loving in order to like open up to receive even more energy because you are stretching your nervous system capacity to receive in that moment. So when I was opening up, I could really feel the deep ancient wisdom there. So Osiris is the god of the underworld because he had been killed twice by his brother Seth. Um, he was called the god of the underworld, the god of um, the death and rebirth process. And even though I feel more called to goddess Isis than I do feel called to god Osiris, I my body opened up a whole new appreciation for him. And I shared how they both had a child called God Horus. So inside this temple, there were like dedicated chambers for Isis, for Osiris, for Horus. And the color in there 
in some parts of that temple complex for some of the deepest colors I had ever seen in any of the other temple complexes. And it was an art. It was really an art. And there again, on the walls, you were seeing a different story. You were seeing the story of the death and the rebirth process. You were seeing the story of Osiris. You were actually seeing the story of where Osiris had been cut up into 14 pieces. And he was laying there and how goddess Isis was performing her sex magic to help him bring him back to life. You were seeing the part painted as goddess Isis was doing her sex magic with Osiris and how she how she impregnated herself with his seed to bring his energy, the soul essence of Osiris into her child Horus so that Osiris could keep on living as Horus almost as a new form and then Horus the child went after Set um, for revenge for what Set had done to his father but in the walls you were seeing a different story again you were seeing the power of the death and rebirth process and you were seeing the love that a mother has for her child and it was very ancient it was very very ancient very very sacred and even though it is a it is quite a journey. You need to do like a road trip of around three to four hours of driving and there is no real street. So it's like three hours of bumpy fucking road driving. Um, even though that is maybe a longer journey, I highly recommend you join this temple. It In the beginning, I didn't think it would activate so much within me, but I, I'm, there's like almost tears coming coming down my face right now because i just i just feel the power of this temple it's 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 wow um and then on the on the complex on the outside there's an area where which is much lower and there's water there's still water and there is said that um years ago hundreds of thousands of years ago there was like nine meters um of water there and the Safrikas, how do you say that? The, the the thing where um someone is buried in, that Osiris's body was found there. It's like a little temple with water underneath and around it. And on one side of the temple is where you can see to flower of life so if you have seen my pictures you might know that i have a flower of life tattooed on my right underarm and that was at a time where yeah i was really deeply connected like really doing a lot of research around the flower of life and also about ancient ancient egypt there's a book called the secret of the flower of life i believe it has two volumes it goes really in depth if you want to dive deeper into sacred geometry into flower of life into the mysteries i highly recommend both books even though i haven't finished the second book <laughs> i highly recommend both it, it's really really good i knew that the flower of life was there and that was also one of the reasons why i wanted to see the temple now there the flower of life we weren't allowed to go down there because you had to book a private tour blah 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 blah, blah. um so we just like filmed it with our phone and like zoomed in and like barely saw it. Um, but there's actually another place where the flower of life is quite big. And 
it is in a pyramid which i didn't get to see this time um it wasn't meant to be but the flower of life is this ancient ancient code of of wholeness it has 19 circles and it all originates from one and for me it always had the meaning that we are all connected right and like we all grow together and there is unlimited amounts of meanings in the flower of life that's why i recommend reading this book but it is something it's it's an ancient ancient code of wholeness of sacredness of magic of the universe of of sacredness of divinity of god god is the creator of life okay now i'll share the last two things i promise 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 we went back to luxor and I loved Luxor. I loved the market in Luxor. I don't recommend the market in Aswan. That is the first market which we visited, which was so hectic, which was so just too much. And things there weren't even that pretty. But the market in Luxor is beautiful. I highly recommend going there. And fun fact, um, we also went to the Luxor temple. And there's like a, an, the Avenue of Sphinx, which has, I don't know how many, maybe 50, maybe more, 100 of 100, probably 100, yeah, Sphinx on both sides and like a walk in the middle. And I think it's like a three mile walk from the Luxor Temple to the Karnak Temple. And it's, it's really beautiful. And we did that in the night, just the four of us. I highly recommend doing that. And code who lives in in luxor he told us that these things like all of that complex there used to be houses above all of that and just uh, i don't know how many years ago but just like 10 20 30 40 50 years something like that years ago they uncovered and like removed the houses to uncover the avenue of the sphinxes underneath and I mean, I've always known for myself that there's so many more temples and ancient sites all over the world, underneath the ocean, and especially underneath Egypt, like underneath the desert, underneath the, the, the cities. And I asked him, like, like, yeah, like, isn't there like so much more underneath the houses? And the government knows that the whole city of Luxor is that there's so many ancient sites underneath but they would need to completely remove the people who live there in order to remove the houses and then slowly start digging deeper right so they haven't done that yet they might do it in the next few 10 ish years um but something that he shared is that the people um this is so funny because this is typically humans um it's not funny but i have to laugh um people who own their house in Luxor and everywhere in Egypt, they start digging their own hole in their homes to in the search for ancient artifacts, which they then start selling to make money, which I know it's not funny at all, but it's just like typical humans, isn't it? But I wanted to share the Luxor market is beautiful. I highly recommend that. I don't recommend Cairo at all. Cairo City has 22 million people living there the energy there is crazy i didn't like it i don't recommend going to cairo aside from visiting the pyramids and the sphinx and the saqqara pyramids and there's some other pyramids there as well but staying in cairo i wouldn't do that for too long it's way too much it's way too hectic it's just like a big no 
going back to Luxor, we went to the Karnak temple, which is huge and so beautiful. And on the outside is a smaller temple for Sekhmeth, which is the lion goddess. She's often referred to the goddess of war, but actually she is less the goddess of war and more the goddess of power and fierceness and of embodied power and of feminine power. And we just had the most epic experience and ritual there and I had tears and the other two women had tears rolling down our eyes and my whole body is just full of goosebumps right now as I'm sharing this wow 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 Karnak temple is beautiful it's a huge one it's that that area was also so powerful and there's actually on the opposite side much much further behind there's an, a lake which you could feel the ancient power, the ancient energy in all of those. So if you ever feel called to go to Egypt and go to these temples, I highly recommend opening up your body, opening up your heart to receive the wisdom that you are meant to receive. Everyone will receive different things and maybe you'll also receive in the end the same <laughs> codes. Um, but it is something very powerful. And if you just go there to just like hear the facts and just take pictures and like you know have pictures for instagram and yay 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 your experience will be completely different than if you go there with a sacred intention of honoring the gods and goddesses of honoring the temples of honoring everything that used to be there honoring the sacred ancient energy and power and honoring that within those beautiful places reminds you and activates you to remember the sacredness and ancient soul qualities within yourself. It's truly been one of the most magical experiences of my life. And it's just so beyond grateful that I had this beautiful blessing and opportunity to go there. And the last thing is the king's chamber inside the pyramids. So the pyramids are much smaller than I thought <laughs> they would be. And the great pyramid is where inside is the king's chamber. We went inside. If you're claustrophobic, this is not for you. Um, if you're just like a little bit claustrophobic, you can do it. I highly recommend you do it. If you're very much claustrophobic, you could do it as an initiation to release the claustrophobia. My friend Chloe, she had claustrophobia. She did it and she felt like she released like a big chunk of that fear and like a lot from within her body. Um, but if it's like very extreme with you, I don't recommend going there. Um, there were hundreds of people around the pyramid complex, right? Like it's big, it's huge. At this point, I had been like to so many temples, which I loved. But when I was backpacking through Africa, through 10 African countries, I had been on like what felt like 40 different safaris that, I mean, in the end, it was probably 30. But towards the end, I just didn't really, like I, I had seen it all. I had the luck of seeing all of the big five, I think, except for the buffalo, the water buffalo. But I had the blessing of seeing the most biggest and rarest animals in my first few safaris that towards the end, I was kind of like, like, you know, I've seen this, I've done this. And it wasn't that I felt like I had done the pyramids because it was the first pyramid that I had visited ever. But it was more so that my body felt like I had expanded my nervous system so much. I had received so many big downloads and like 
the sacred energy was just like moving through every single cell of my being that I really had to open myself up even more intentionally to receive the sacred ancient energy of the pyramids and there were hundreds of people around us and when we went up the king's chamber I knew that you know it is a small corridor it's everything but it's actually much smaller than I thought and I'm a 5'4 woman like I'm small I'm tiny I can fit almost everything <laughs> um, but it's small I have to say it's small but you can do it and the funny thing was and funny and that isn't surprising at all in the end is when we were inside there the guard was so nice I said hello he was literally like do you want to do meditation I said yes and he said go for it um like yes he did ask for money and I said I will pay him in the end never pay in the beginning always pay in the end because they will always keep asking for more and more money so you have to be firm like say you will pay in the end pay him something but he will keep asking for more. Like you could give him a hundred dollars and he would keep asking for more. So like you also have to be firm. But wow, 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 wow. Like I I didn't have any expectations for the pyramids, to be honest. I had expectations about the outside of the pyramids, which I was kind of feeling like, wow, that is much smaller than I thought. Um, but I didn't have any expectations of going inside because I didn't even know if I would go inside. And when I did go inside, it was mind-blowing and something very profound shifted within me and something very profound shifted within Chloe and um and the other um friends of mine who were in there and I I'm speechless I, I don't have anything to say it was just wow 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 and I'm so grateful for this opportunity and it was one of the biggest shifting experiences ever and when we allow ourselves to receive and surrender, the universe can surprise us with more than we could have ever asked for. And I feel like this is a beautiful closure for this podcast episode. It's been such a sacred journey and I can't wait to one day lead journeys like that through Egypt. I've been feeling called to do that for a few years now and I want to go a few more times by myself in order to guide you through sacred Egypt. If you want to join, please DM me. Oh my gosh. And I know like how many of you want to join and then we can create something like that in the future. But sometimes we are called to do sacred work that is bigger than that, right? Like grid work light work, um, energy work around the world. Whenever we go to different places, we activate the energy of that land within our bodies and maybe we've had past life remembrances in those places. So this trip was bigger than just me. This trip was bigger than just the sacred work that I do. This work was bigger than, bigger than anything. This was God, goddess herself. I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you to universe and to life. And if you feel called to do a journey through Egypt, before I offer guided journeys through Egypt, I highly recommend going with Amazing Global Travel, message code, message Ahmed. You can message me and I can give you their private numbers. You can either go by yourself and with a group of people that you don't know yet or you can actually just gather your friend group. Let's say you have five people or more who all want to do this tour and then you can message Ahmed, the owner of Amazing Global Travel 
and create your own schedule, which temples you want to visit and you will get a special discount. So message me for the numbers and then you can create your epic magical journey through Egypt. I highly recommend it. I highly recommend doing that. It will change your life if you're open to it. And I love you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I cannot wait to see you in the next one. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We would love to hear what your favorite takeaways were by DMing us at Soul Coach Nikita on Instagram. If you would leave a five-star review on this podcast or share it with your friends and family and in your IG story and tagging us at Soul Coach Nikita, that would greatly help us spread the message and reach even more people. If there is anything that you wish and desire for us to cover in this podcast, please DM us at Soul Coach Nikita on Instagram and we will try our best to cover it. Sending you so much love. XOXO Nikita.